the children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children children's bible journey with stories and songs just for kids we have a dramatized bible story coming up but let's get today's program started by singing praises to our awesome god oh god promises his only son Oh 
Mommy told me something a little child should know. It's all about the devil and the way he hates us so. She said he causes trouble when you. I just love singing praises to Jesus. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible and Living Sound. And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up to me into the mount and be there. Then Moses, Joshua, and seventy of the elders of Israel went up to the mount Sinai. Uh, uh, Moses... Moses, I think this is as far as we can go together. Some of the older men are getting tired. Yes. Joshua will come a little further with me. Aaron, you and the elders wait here. I wonder how long we will have to wait. Or if we'll ever see him again, if it comes to that. Oh, look! Look, the top of that mountain looks like it's on fire. The sight of the glory of the Lord seemed like devouring fire in the eyes of the children of Israel. And Moses went into the midst of the cloud, up into the mount. And the angel of the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Moses, I want you to speak to the people, asking them to bring an offering. Yes, angel, I shall. But 
What shall this offering be? Gold and silver and brass, fine linens of blue and purple and scarlet, ram skins dyed red, and goat's hair cloth and badger skins and fine rare woods. Oil for a light, spices for anointing oil and for sweet incense, onyx stones and other jewels. So it shall be. But what, what do you wish done with these gifts? God wishes you to make him a sanctuary, that he may dwell among you. A sanctuary? Yes, a sanctuary, a tabernacle, a holy place where God shall dwell. Yes, angel. The tabernacle is to be 55 feet long and 18 feet wide, and divided into two rooms, the holy and the most holy. Yes, angel. The side shall be made of wood, the finest and rarest. It shall be lined with pure gold, and there are to be ten curtains of fine twined linen with cherubim of gold worked into them. Wood walls lined with pure gold. It shall be so. But the roof, what shall the roof be like? Wood also? The roof is to be of four layers, the ceiling of fine linen dyed purple, blue, and scarlet. Then there shall be a layer of goat's hair, one of ram skins dyed red, and the last layer, the outer roof itself, of badger skins. I shall remember, Angel. But inside the tabernacle, the two rooms, the holy and the most holy, what shall we put in them? In the holy place you shall put a table for twelve loaves of bread, to remind you that God shall supply all your needs. An altar on which to burn incense with your prayers and make sacrifice, and a candlestick, the seven lights of which are never to go out, even as the light of truth shall burn forever. Seven lights to burn forever, it shall be so. But what of the most holy place? Is it to be separated by wooden walls? The holy and the most holy place are to be separated by curtains, also of blue, purple, and scarlet, and with angels woven into them. And you shall make a box, an ark in which you shall place God's commandments. And you shall make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubits and a half shall be the length thereof, and a cubit and a half the breadth thereof. A, a mercy seat? Yes, a mercy seat. And from there God will commune with you. For you must know that he has mercy for those that break his laws if they repent their sins and ask forgiveness. Indeed, I know that. You shall make two cherubims of pure gold for the two ends of the mercy seat, and the cherubim shall stretch forth their wings on high, covering the mercy seat with them, and they will face each other across the seat, and there God will meet with you from above the mercy seat between the two cherubims. And at the end of forty days, the Lord gave Moses two tablets of stone, upon which he had written his commandments with his own finger. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow.
And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. for being on time for this week's Kids Bible Club. As you remember, I asked you to choose a favorite Bible text to memorize and share with the group and tell me why you like that particular passage. Rhiannon, how about you? I see you've got your finger on a text. It's not a very big one. Well, that's okay. In Scripture, every word counts. Well, all right. My favorite text is John eleven thirty-five. It says, Jesus wept. Uh, no wonder she chose that one. Just two words. That's not why I chose it. Okay, okay, don't get upset, Rhiannon. I'm sure Henry and the rest of us would like to know why that particular text is important to you. It's just that sometimes I cry too. Like when my daddy died, I cried all the time. I couldn't stop. I just kept thinking about him and thinking about him. And it made me so lonely. People would come to the house and try to cheer me up, but I kept being sad. Then I remembered what you said in church about how we're supposed to find comfort in the Bible. Well, I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know where to look. 
So I just started reading, and I found this story about when Jesus' friend, Lazarus, died, and Jesus went to visit Lazarus' sisters. And when he saw them crying, he started crying too. He just cried. Jesus wept. I guess I needed someone to cry with me for a while. That's why the text is my favorite. When I read it, I know that Jesus understands what I'm going through. He really, really understands. Jesus wants to be our friend. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with Him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. you've joined me today for another story just for you. Today's story is Chapter 9, Hot on the Trail. The morning of the picnic dawned crystal clear and Chris thought they would never get to the park. Since the weather was finally nice again, all the families had agreed to go along. He and Ryan leaned out of their car windows, waving to the park ranger as they drove past the booth at the front entrance. Nice day for a picnic, the ranger said. Or for a treasure hunt, Maria called. Shh, Ryan hissed from the back seat. You're the third group of kids that's mentioned that, the ranger said. What's going on? Come by our picnic a little later, Mrs. Vargas encouraged him. We'll be glad to tell you all about it. The ranger nodded and waved them on. That's all we need, Ryan muttered, his arms folded over his chest. Another adult involved. Think, Ryan, Maria said. What's a park ranger going to do if he sees someone digging on park property without permission? It's illegal, you know. Oh, Ryan said quietly, then added, just as long as we don't have to share the treasure with him. What makes you think this treasure is really going to be ours, Maria asked. Because we found it, Ryan said. 
All right, all right, Chris said. Don't you think we should find the treasure before we start fighting over who owns it? I agree, Mrs. Vargas said over her shoulder. Besides, we're here. The car turned into a parking space beneath some large oak trees. Chris could see the other shoebox kids and their family setting up the picnic. Willie and his dad played catch on the grass nearby. Dee Dee and Sammy were helping the adults put out the food. Watermelon, all right, Chris said as they piled out of the car, and potato salad. Looks as though you kids might want to hang around a little while before you start exploring for your treasure, Mrs. Vargas said. Not me, Ryan said. I want to get out of here before any other adults hear about what we're doing. Come on, Chris. Chris started to leave with Ryan, but he saw Mrs. Vargas's look. I I think we need to wait until after lunch, Chris said to Ryan. Ryan sighed. Chris enjoyed the food so much that he actually slowed down enough to taste it. He was on his third piece of watermelon when the park ranger appeared. So what's this I hear about a treasure hunt, the ranger asked. Despite Ryan's protests, Maria, Jenny, and Willie told the ranger everything that had happened to them, including finding the book and the map, the old riverbed, and the two crows. Now all we have to do is find a waterfall, Maria said. The treasure is supposedly buried there. The ranger lifted his hat and scratched his head. Well, if that doesn't beat all, he said, I know the story of the train holdup, and I've seen the two rocks you call the two crows, but I've got bad news for you kids. There's no waterfall on park property, at least not anymore. What do you mean, anymore, Ryan asked. In reply, the radio on the ranger's belt squawked loudly. Ranger Bob, you're needed at the office immediately. Ranger Bob switched his radio off and looked up at the kids. I've got to go right now, but I'll be back to check on you. You kids are welcome to explore the park all you want, he said. Just don't go digging holes everywhere, okay? He waved and walked back to his truck. No waterfall, Chris repeated weakly. No waterfall anymore, Ryan corrected him. That means there was one here once. Yeah, but where, Chris asked. I suggest, Maria said, as the other shoebox kids joined them, that we look where there's water. They got permission to leave and headed down to the edge of the lake. What now? Willie asked as the group stood around Willie's wheelchair, looking out at the water. Well, this lake wasn't here when Tom Elliott hid the money, Chris said. We need to decide where the canyon would be if it were here. He looked back at the dam, then turned the opposite direction. That way, he said, pointing towards some distant cliffs. They headed north, following the road that circled the edge of the lake. Hey, Chris, Sammy yelled from up ahead a few minutes later. I think we went in a circle. I can hear the spillway from the dam ahead of us. That's not a spillway, Sammy, Willie yelled, just turning the next corner. It's a waterfall. Chris's heart raced as fast as his feet did as he and Maria ran to catch up. But as soon as they rounded the corner, his hopes fell. That's not a waterfall, dummy, Ryan said to Willie. That's just some rapids. Chris looked at the rushing water spilling over some boulders in the canyon ahead of them. Where to now, Jenny said, looking back at Chris. Chris shrugged. Up there, Ryan shouted over the sound of the water. Look! He pointed to a dark streak on the side of the canyon wall. The ranger said there used to be a waterfall around here, he said. That must be it. But Ryan, there are black streaks all along that wall, Maria said. That's just where the rainwater drains into the stream. Besides, that cliff is way too dangerous to climb. Yeah, Ryan, Sammy said. Why don't we wait and ask the ranger for help? Forget it, Ryan said. Our treasure is right up there. He pointed up the rock face. Coming, Chris? Chris looked at Ryan, then back at the others. His heart pounded faster and faster as he tried to decide what to do. Should he stay with his friends or go after the treasure?
you have heard today is a chapter of the Shoebox Kids, Book One, The Mysterious Treasure Map. It was written by Jerry D. Thomas and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Life Talk Radio at lifetalk.net.